video games Ooh. are for nerds. Aww. But that doesn't mean we can't talk about them. That's why you're listening to The Week in Gaming, the only gaming podcast that breaks down the last seven days and tears games apart from the inside. Ugh. So forget your worries, open your ears, and join Simon Miller and a co-host for the entertainment chatter you need. Also, screw Dark Souls. Hello and welcome to The Week in Gaming. My name is Simon Miller. Thank you for joining me today. As always, I hope you're having good weeks. And of course, if you are living in the UK right now, you are not sweltering in the heat. The reason I throw that in there is because I'm sat here sweltering in the heat. So if you can hear fans and whatnot in the background, it's because I'm basically making love to a fan because that's what I need in order to survive. Um, we're going to talk some games today, as I'm sure you figured out. I've actually got a few things I want to get into. So this has come across at the right time. And again, if you want to come on the podcast be it this or the wrestling show, you can. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash simonmiller316. It's how I'm able to do with my YouTube channel, my podcast and everything. Sign up with a relevant tier and I look forward to chatting to you again soon. But today, my man Barinda has just done that and he's on the end of the line. Barinda, how are you getting on? Yeah, I'm doing well. You said my name correctly as well. First time. It's great. Uh, I try, man. I, I like to offer a service here on the weekend gaming, <laughs> Simon Miller's gaming show. And don't get me wrong, I probably butchered a lot of people's names over the years. So hopefully, I'm trying to I'm trying to get back into it now. Uh, right, I do want to get into. Obviously, we are months away from the PS5 and the Xbox, whatever the hell they're calling it, Xbox One X coming out. Um, I want to get that. I want to get into your, your opinions on that too. But before we get there, just give me a brief overview of your gaming history because it can vary wildly. Like by accident, I've now tricked people to pretend that I'm not a massive Nintendo nerd when I'm absolutely a massive Nintendo nerd. Like Nintendo is my is the thing that I love the most. So yeah, dude, games. Where does it start? And you know what kind of thing are you into at the moment? Um, yeah, it started. I guess like PlayStation. Like most people my age, like in the 30s, just. Uh playing playstation and then i got like uh first game that i can remember like loving was metal gear and when that came oh, out man. it was Hell just yeah, like, insane like stealth wasn't at all like stealth wasn't even a thing back then it was just like what you'd like play it first and try and shoot everyone and die within a second just be like what is this like and, <laughs> um yeah that was cool I remember, I remember like that and then yeah i've just been into it ever since like playstation 2 3 and then uh, oh, I think I got, I got an Xbox at some point as well because I really wanted to play Jet Set Radio. Um, yeah, so nowadays it's uh, yeah PlayStation Four Pro, and then um, just got the VR. It's changed changed my life. Oh, dude, let's life. let's talk about VR because I tell you this, you know, like when the industry had decided that we needed to change the idea of the controller, and it was like, no, we don't. We don't need to have motion control as the, you know, as the be all and end all. I think one of the things we've actually smashed is that the controller as is works and we should iterate on it but we don't need to revamp it but when it comes to virtual reality what i'm desperate for people to do and i worry that we're too far past the point is to start integrating it better into games because i think like the first time i tried vr i was genuinely blown away by it and every time i go back to it now i still think it's incredible like i think it is this untouched masterpiece of the 21st century that I think it needs more love because I feel like all the games at the moment are focused on having, oh, this is a VR game. This is not a VR game. I want my Halos, my Spider-Mans, my God of Wars. I want them to figure out ways. I mean, it, it can't obviously be too inclusive because then you're, you know, you're, you're, you're showing out the people that don't have it. But I like it that much. I would love to see bigger developers mucking around with it. Yeah, I mean, the, I think they just announced in the state of play today, didn't they? Um, Hitman. 
the Hitman 3 is going to be uh, VR. Like, you can play it in VR or you can Badass. play it normally. I mean, I don't even understand how they're doing that. Like, so, so, <laughs> like I can't get it. Because it's something like, like, to get it on VR, it's like 120 frames a second. At least it has to be 60 and then they do some magic to it. But, um, yeah, like, it's crazy. But I would say one game, I would say that, has like totally gone under the radar and I can't believe it. Uh, is Astrobot like Astrobot VR? Have you have you played that? That is I, oh man, I went out of my way to play it. <laughs> that that is just next level. It's so good. It, it's one of the best games, and it never gets talked about. And I think because VR is still quite niche and not many people have tried it, but that is an example of how VR can like take a traditional, you know, a platformer and really immerse you into the game and take imagine if a mario like you you like imagine if that was mario you could keep everything the same and just say it was mario and like it would be all it would be 10 out of 10s and be all over websites and stuff don't you think oh dude i totally agree with you and it's one of those it's one of those games where i mean you talked about mario mario 64's greatest um what's the word i'm looking for but greatest uh, sell job was the fact that it sold you on what 3d platforming could be and I think Astrobot is so good that it, even if you're a bit of a naysayer when it comes to VR, you'd be like, oh, flipping it, this can work. You know, they, they don't overthink it. They strip it back when they need to strip it back. They make sure that the experience is first and foremost. And you're right. I think it's just a case of, you know, the, the, I mean, the platforming genre in general kind of just belongs to a certain few characters. And Astrobot isn't really someone, or Astro isn't really someone that's ever made a massive mark. But no, if you have a VR and you know, you haven't played Astrobot, you, you absolutely should go and play it. It's terrific. And it does that thing that I've wanted games to do for ages. It doesn't fit into this box that I feel like I've already ticked. It feels brand new. It feels fresh. It feels like it was made in 2020 or whenever the hell it came out. And I, I'm with you, man. I, 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 I'm yet to play a VR game where the effort has gone in that I haven't walked away from going, well, that was absolutely superb. Yeah. And they're the experiences that I kind of want. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what this Hitman VR is like, but that's ex probably the antithesis of what I want. Like, I want a game like a trip, like you say, these AAA games, but like from the ground up for VR. And when they do that, like, and all those little touches that you get, like when it's made from the ground up for it, like uh, in Astrobot, when you like um, go underwater, if you start talking, these little bubbles pop up in the water, you know, because you're talking underwater. And it sounds like such a little thing, but you can tell this game uh, has got had a lot of thought put into it and how to immerse you into the world. I've, mm. I've never felt as immersed into a world as I, I really felt like I was in that world controlling this little robot. Hell yeah. And I, I think with Hitman too, they, they have to get the mechanics right, obviously, stands to reason. But in, there's so much tension in that game and there's so much of an atmosphere that if I can genuinely feel like I'm Agent 47, you know, walking into a, I don't know, museum or some kind of a theater production, and I've got the same kind of tense nature to it and the same kind of suspense, but I'm actually in his bald head. I think that, <laughs> I, I, I think that would be, again, it's all about execution. It has to be done right. You can't just come up with the idea and go, oh, we've done it. I think that sounds awesome, though. And it's the kind of thing that Hitman needs because this revamp of Hitman since 2016 or whatever, it is, you know, if you like open world games and sandbox games, I can't think of one that does it better. Um, but 
it, it never really found the audience, which is why the, uh, the, the the publisher was jumped around from a little bit. So it does need something. It needs a kick up the ass. And, you know, jumping onto something like this, I think it could get word of mouth going and it's a series that people are familiar with. And of course, again, it's it's not being inclusive. You can still play it even if you don't have VR. I think it's a really good idea and I'm massively intrigued to see how people yeah. uh, gravitate towards it. I hope, I hope for the PS5 that Sony release a new one and actually go like a new vr and actually go full full tilt into it like i think this was a bit of an experiment to see how many people would take it up how good it could be you know to try and touch the like toe in the water but man i i like you play beat saber for example that's what i'm playing at the moment i'm not playing any games like traditional games i'm just getting on beat saber for hours every (laughs) night even and, and you know what in terms of this like wanting to get a wider audience which we'll probably touch on with microsoft and stuff like that but like my my girlfriend does not play video games whatsoever we played two games on the playstation one is beat saber and she's better than me at it now like which really hurts me and then um <laughs> uh, the other one tangled tangled too that was great but yeah sorry but yeah beat saber she, she's just as into it as i am and that is that, that kind of like we moment isn't it like the way we like was in every single household these games are so accessible you just have to know how to wave your arms about yeah and i tell people to play it like that aren't into games i i go around and i'm like you need to <laughs> you need to play this video game it's absolutely fantastic and they're not gamers but they go away with the same feeling oh that was cool and this is even with some of the bad iterations that are just you know, they're not pushing the, the technology at all. Like, I know that Sony also announced that Vader Immortal, the Star Wars VR series that came out on Oculus um, back in February, I think, something like that, or whatever the hell it came out of. That's co- that's coming out as well. And I think anything with Star Wars in the title is a smart, you know, a smart idea. I'm certainly now going to jump on it because I've wanted to play that for a while. And I'm with you. I hope when the PS5 rolls around, it's one of the things they've got up their sleeves, which is, yeah, that we've come up or we've we've done something in order to i don't want it to be left behind like motion control was great but it was very of its time and it never could do more than it should have done and now you get it in some of the controllers but it's always sort of playing second fiddle as it should do but i think vr has more than that and the only way we're ever going to you know convince the audience is if the people that are producing it tell you why they're like this is the reason it's really really good yeah it's money vr is money that's why like Facebook paid billions for Oculus, uh, and you know why it's such a huge why it is such a huge area. Like VR is money. If you can get it into a good form factor, the experiences you can have with with it are for everybody. And uh, so yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. And before we do move on as well, I mean we may as well touch on that state of play. Uh, they showed off some more Crash 4, Crash Bandicoot 4. Doesn't mean anything to me because I never played that game. Was that for you, Berinda? Crash 4. You don't care. No, same, same. I've not really yeah, never played not, it. No. I, did, um, I did look at the video. It looked fun. Yeah, no, I, I know people love those games, but again, I just it, it wasn't something I ever I ever played as a kid. Um, Braid is getting an anniversary edition, which is fine. Spelunky Two is coming out, which is just. I mean, if you love Spelunky, you love Spelunky Two. I was kind of intrigued about the Alan Wake expansion that they talked about. I didn't see, you know, I, I didn't see that coming whatsoever. And, you know, you get a little glimpse of Alan Wake with a beard. Obviously, you know, Alan Wake on a PlayStation to begin with is kind of fascinating because it only came out on the Xbox. So, um, I mean, it's within the game control. But still, I didn't expect Alan Wake to... (laughs) Yeah, what is the the tie-in with that? 
I, I don't know. Are they in the same universe? I, I guess so. I, don't, I never play. I never got around to playing Control, so I was a bit like, oh, okay. At first, I just thought they were releasing a an Alan Wake expansion, and be- I don't know. I didn't really understand it, and then I realized what it was. But look, I liked Alan Wake. Alan Wake was kind of one of these games that never really hit in the way that it wanted to, but was still kind of a fascinating experiment. I, I didn't hate Alan Wake at all. There was something about it. It was hyped up, though, wasn't it? It was. It hyped. was. It was. And then it only released on the Microsoft Xbox. So it was only going to have so much penetration. It's just too hyped as well when it came out. I remember the, the trailers and stuff, people going crazy for it. You had a torch, apparently, and that was amazing. And then, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, then everyone did just... love the torch, yeah. <laughs> <that's true. laughs> and it got like seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting tie-in. Yeah, so that, that was intriguing. Uh, the game coming out called Hood outlaws and legends which i think is mostly a it's just a pve game i think uh it's a heist game but it's like based on medieval times i think it looks kind of cool it, you know it, it looks okay and the other thing that kind of caught my eye was something called the pedestrian i don't know whether you yeah, saw that, trailer. I saw that. that looks that looks cute it looks yeah. like it looks good well it looks like one of those games that is so ingenious i don't even know how i'd explain it you're essentially like a stick man <laughs> but you're going through sort of like these puzzle windows, but in the real world, you're going to have to watch the trailer for me to do a better, to get, get a better job of the explanation. But I often find that these quirky games that get some kind of focus during these, I'll call it an event for lack of a better term, actually come out and, you know, make, um, they make somewhat of a splash. And that was the other thing that, uh, that got me. There's a bunch of other stuff too. I, I think it was more of a, hey, you know, we're going to do, we're going to do all of this stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> but, you know, where, where's our super big games? But they'll hold off on them for a little while. Yeah. What was that one? There was one that intrigued me. Oh, it looks a bit like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, but it's not. Oh, what was it called? Uh, like shoot, you shooting arrows. Oh, try and remember it. That that looked good. That that looked really fun. You're like um, going around this open world and you, you don't actually shoot the, the the arrows aren't you don't aim them they're like it's all about the flow apparently as you're going along i'll try and find it <laughs> i love how video game people describe stuff oh it's excellent but no there was a lot of good stuff there and we'll use that to segue into our sort of main discussion which is yeah sort of whereabouts are sony and microsoft as they um yeah, look, as they look to steal the market back, at least from Xbox's point of view, because uh, you can go and, um, you know, look at the sales figures and the Switch is existing in its own universe, but is now essentially the second best console they've ever released. So they're going to be happy. Whereas PlayStation has dwarfed the Xbox One again for the, for the you know, ever since the Xbox 360, you know, was winning the war and then what followed um, dropped the ball. You know, PlayStation hasn't looked back. So there are different strategies going on between the two. I'm sure Sony feel like that they're in the driving seat and I would absolutely agree with them. Whereas Microsoft are now like, okay, well, what do we do to get our market share back? Because that's what it's all about. Let's not pretend otherwise. It's a business and they need to make money. And Microsoft have always had the advantage of having deep pockets, but I don't really have a problem with that. If you've got the money and you're going to invest it, then you absolutely should. I'm going to assume that you're going to buy a PlayStation 5 above an Xbox One X just for um, uh, Xbox Series X, sorry. Uh, but yeah, what I mean, but even, even with that said, as someone that just enjoys video games, when we come to the end of the year and we're on to these new generation of hardware, what kind of thing are you looking for? Yeah, it's interesting you say that, like uh, the driving seat. I almost feel like they're in they're on different uh, racetracks. I don't, I, I don't think they're actually... I think Microsoft are seeding the... Um, 
the the gamer you know like the not hardcore gamer but semi-hardcore gamer kind of space in a way like they seem to be like really going for the subscription model uh and try to get a, a big wide net but yeah like I, f- I find it i find it fascinating what's happening between the two like for me like I, I'm not like a fanboy or anything. I think right now probably Sony's got me because I like their exclusives, and um, I, I do I do like what they're doing with the PlayStation Five, like with the SSD and things like that. Actually, pushing uh, pushing the genre forward, like to uh, to have experiences I've never seen before. I mean, like I would uh, I would never play uh, Ratchet and Clank. I've never played it in my life, but that trailer, my goodness, I've never seen anything like that just transitioning between levels like in a split second i mean that was crazy i don't know what you thought about it it's the same kind of a thing it was never my kind of game but the way it looked and the sheer i mean just the sheer power that you could tell was was going on under the hood as they say it was like oh man this is uh <laughs> this is some serious stuff and i do think we've got to the point now where being able to say oh there's no load times and it does this it does that are things that gamers are going to be looking for and I, I like to think that's going to be, you know, the same across the board. I think most consoles, uh, well, those two especially, will will be able to do that, which is good because it means it will become the new norm and then they'll come up with new things. But I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said, I think brand loyalty is going to be, not for yourself, but is going to be important to some people as it always is. But it's the exclusives. And we already know this because there was a massive meltdown this uh, this week or maybe end of last week, whenever it was, when... You know, it came out that Spider-Man isn't going to be in the uh, Xbox version of the Avengers. It's only going to be in the Sony version, obviously, because they have that deal with the movie. And I presume it has some tie-ins to the digital the digital world as well. I was kind of surprised by the reaction. And maybe that's just because I've grown up in a world where that's what companies did. They figured out ways to make their version of the game better by hook or by crook. But, I mean, look, you, you're going to get the, you know, the PlayStation 1. I don't know whether you're an Avengers fan, but... I mean, do you think that's good? Do you think do you think it's going too far removing who is essentially a main character from a game called The Avengers? I mean, going too far. There's no morals in capitalism, is there? That's far. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is not, um, my friend. Um, no, I mean, it's, is it is it any worse than like when you? Could, I remember you could pre-order GTA uh, Five, and if you pre-ordered it, you get a whole different gun that you can't get otherwise. Yeah, or, yeah. or you. I mean, that fundamentally is a, a change in the experience, all right, to a tiny level, but it is. Like, yeah, like you say, that like, people are going to be annoyed at it, but if you're annoyed enough, you might buy a PlayStation, and that's what they want you to do. So I can't really. I don't really see. Yeah, be annoyed. But uh, don't buy the PlayStation then. But if you get annoyed enough that you do, then they win. Like, I don't really, I don't really know what else to say about that. Really. I think people get, people bring up these moral issues, like get really annoyed at companies. But like they're just going to try and make money. Yeah, and that, that's exactly it. Which is why you know I'm not a fan of of microtransactions. But the reason they kept getting shoved into games is because people were buying them. And unfortunately, that's how business works. If business is booming, then business is good. So you're going to carry on. You're going to carry on doing it. And what we are, I'm going to have to sort of take a sidebar here because this has literally happened in the last ten minutes. Uh, that Rocksteady's announced their new game. What? I mean, I know, like five years, six years. Uh, they literally posted at two p.m. So yeah, honestly, like twenty minutes ago, uh, that they are making a Suicide Squad game. Uh, oh they're my going, goodness. yeah, they're going to drop more 
information on August the 22nd, which is two weeks tomorrow. Uh, I think it's a picture of Superman. It is a picture of Superman in the... Uh, so the, the picture they've got is a picture of Superman, and he's got a target on his head. But where the crosshairs are, it says, uh, it says Suicide Squad. So I'm going to assume that... I mean, the thing is... This could go either way. Like maybe it's they have hashtagged it Suicide Squad game. Either way, they're sticking with DC Comics, and yeah, they're going to be do that. So I'm look. Would I rather have they made a Batman game over a Suicide Squad game? Potentially, but I'm a massive Batman fan. The point is that company can do no wrong. I will take whatever they can give me. Yeah, they're one of those AAA companies aren't they that like whenever you know like like a like a naughty dog or like a, a rock star whatever they put their hand to is going to be amazing i think well at least that's what i think at least every game i've ever played from them has been amazing like the batman mm-hmm. trilogies yeah no and no, absolutely and uh, i would have to imagine that we just talked about the avengers game yeah it wouldn't surprise me if that whole marvel dc thing is still going on in games They're like well if they've got a avengers game we've got to have a suicide squad game and i would actually say this is going to piss people off but whereas obviously the marvel film universe is much better than the dc universe i don't think that much of that avengers game from what i've seen doesn't get me super excited i hope that i'm wrong and it is good whereas the rock steady quality bar is so high i would imagine in the gaming world the dc will continue to win that's just speculation on my end but uh... it just gets to a point though doesn't it where like it doesn't really matter it could, it could have been about anything. They could have made up generic characters and done it. Yeah, it's, true, the, yeah. it's the game, right? That 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 company makes good, great games. They don't really matter. It's going no. to be amazing. That's yeah. true, right? So go, so going back on to sort of the, the, the more next gen stuff, you mentioned the whole. You know, we're finally moving towards that subscription model and the and the uh, sort of digital model that Microsoft was so keen to push when they you know released the Xbox One, and then there was that massive backlash. You know, I would imagine that digital, me- uh, sorry, um, uh, physical media is great, and like, there's nothing more exciting than going to a shop or you know that actual box turning up at your house. But it is on its last legs. You know, these are like the same people that didn't want the cassette to die. It's like, well, the cassette is going, it's going to die at some point, and I truly believe that it will be the same here. But I mean, are you ready to sort of embrace that kind of a world? Do you do it now? Do you download the games? I mean, obviously the big barrier to entry is that the prices are too high online i totally agree that there has to be some kind of incentive for you to you know for you to not want to 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 go out and buy it instead but yeah what's your habits at the moment and will you change them if companies start going in that direction i'm i'm really lazy man i I download them i've had every single game i've bought in the last few years i've downloaded it even if it it is ten pounds more. That's how lazy I am. I just like I know that it's going to download at midnight. Like uh, when I come back from work, it's going to be there, ready for me to play. No messing about. And I think that's the way things are going. Like I, I, I think people are ready for it. I think you know, just with the streaming is huge now. And like you say, it's like the way of the cassette. Like these people coming up now like younger than us and stuff like that that's what they're used to like they're used to steam you know just downloading a game on the pc like it's huge like and the thing is it makes so much sense in in so many ways like yes right now they're too expensive but there's that weird little uh battle with uh, physical retailers isn't there like they don't they don't want to undercut the physical retailers too much because then game closes down or you know and who's going to sell their physical people even if people download games they're still 
quite a lot of people who shop in the in the high street. It's dying, yes, but it's there, and there's a lot of their sales come from from there. So they're like in this little balancing act. But if they could fully go for it, like say for this this new PlayStation that's coming out, the digital only edition, I am I am tempted to get it. So like I said, I, I can't remember the last time I had a CD. Um, and if if you if you then are locked into that ecosystem. Then people say, "Oh well, they could, they could, you know, take the mess. They could put the prices up really high. You have no choice." But the thing is, they they, they won't. They won't. They won't do that because, again, in capitalism, yes, they could make a lot of money, but the PR that would be so bad for them for that, and then the sales of that console will crash. So they're not going to do that. As soon as you get into their ecosystem, they can. They don't have to pay the retailer their, their profit margin. And when you when you cut a person out of the line then we could save money as consumers and Sony make money. And on top of that, like if you, do you think these consoles that they're selling now, they, for a while, haven't wanted to do lost leaders, like before they'd sell a console for uh, less than what it costs to make. Yeah. They, they can do that now. If, if, if you if you buy the digital-only edition of the PS5, they can actually make that considerably cheaper. And I really hope they go for it and do, because they know, like, as soon as you've bought five games, ten games, they're back at, equal right and then after that it's all profit so i i can i can see i can see the model working and i do i do think people are ready for it yeah if you can get a cheaper console that's it right that's going to be the trade-off you know are you happy to pay less and get your games digital or do you not want it because some people like when i did um we did the talk about the playstation 5 big reveal event people were mad that like i don't want it it's like well you don't have to man they're still they're still benefiting from yeah exactly they're still they're still (laughs) catering for you but i'm absolutely on that train like i i still i know companies are doing it but i don't think anybody's mastered it mastered it just yet although games pass is pretty good but you know the the whole netflix model for games is i'm all on board with that and i understand it's different when it comes to uh, games because they're so much bigger but yeah i i you know i bought into it with netflix and i'll certainly buy into it again now how for either company either sort of we'll go with the playstation 5 for, for, for lack of a better one how much are you willing to spend because the big rumor is that they are going to be quite big bucks and well that's double actually they've also said they're going to increase production because after the pandemic they think more people are going to be sat around in the house they're like quick make more playstation 5s but i certainly have a cutoff point for me where i would wait until next year like how happy like if it's 500 quid for example is that gonna be too much i i'm not gonna I, i'm a little bit i'm not gonna get it at launch um i'm just a little bit um un- underwhelmed i don't and i always think launch launch sorry to like this is gaming podcast to put it down right away i think yeah, launch, okay. la- la- launch consoles are way overhyped and uh, i got the playstation 2 at launch and then never again so it's just like you gotta wait at least a year and a half but for me if you was gonna say what's a reasonable price um i would say five 500 is too much. I think Pete, that's some kind of psychological barrier in your mind to, to oh, get to yeah. that level. I think 450 and 350, if they did that, yeah, 350 for the digital, uh, I think that would be pretty, that would be okay. I think one would be cheap, cheap, you would think, okay, that's a good price. And one might be $50 too much. But if you really want, like you say, if you really want uh, the physical copies of things, then that's your option. I don't know. I agree. Like, no, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you entirely. I think the £500 price point is, you know, it's mad because we'll pay more for that for a phone. And yet, for some reason, when it comes to a gaming console, it's uh, like you say, there's a barrier there. And I presume it's because your phone's in your hand, you can take it with you, and people now 
almost associate it as a part of themselves. Where obviously a gaming machine is something that sits under a table when you're when you're not at home. I really don't know. I, I'm more intrigued about what Microsoft pitches theirs at because they're the ones that are trying to, like I said earlier, they're trying to fight back. PlayStation Five or sorry, Sony have all the have all the cards. Is there anything that obviously you know you, you you've decided that the PlayStation is for you and you like it, but you're not. You know, you're not sort of uh, a fanboy or anything like that. What would Microsoft have to do in order for you to not necessarily jump out and buy one, but take even just the slightest moment when you go, or maybe I do want that? I am super interested in what Microsoft are doing. Just out of like, I'll find myself when when I go, you know, when you go vacant, I'm thinking about, I wonder if it'll work what they're doing. (laughs) I find myself really thinking about it. is it a good idea? Are they going to end up sneakily winning everything? Because it's what they're doing is is actually really really clever. And if they if they released a you saying about phones, yeah, one thing is that they're essential. The other thing is subscription models, right? Like that's how Apple got away with increasing iPhone prices year on year by three hundred dollars just one year. It was a thousand when it was seven hundred <laughs> year before, because because over a over a time period you don't notice it. If they and then I know they have a subscription model at the moment where you I think in UK and US I think you can get it on a subscription model. If yeah. they package all that in, I'm talking X Cloud, I'm talking Game Pass, and the console for, I don't know, pick a number, $30 a month or something like that, $25 a month. You know, over over a two-year time period, that's going to be a lot of money. And in the, in the end of the day, you could even have it longer because you, you don't keep a console for – you keep a console for five years, like minimum, minimum. So if you could have a tie-in where you're tied in to pay their money every single month – pay off your console and get all those benefits in with it. I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. They'll kill it. They'll kill it. They'll kill it in the mass market. Everyone will buy it. That's true. And it's funny you uh, you mentioned that too, because let me get the story up. Uh, there was this rumor going around that Xbox Live Gold was going to vanish. Like, there, there seemed to be a bunch of rumors. Um, I'll just read it from VG247, which is where I read the story for originally, saying it all started with Microsoft confirming in July that it's no longer offering 12-month subscriptions, an option for Xbox Live Gold, with the three and one month remaining. Some assume Microsoft is resuffling all of the Xbox services under the Games Pass banner, which indicates a major change in how Xbox Live works today, and then so on and so forth. But if you all of a sudden tie that into what you're talking about, when you do want to have this all-encompassing banner, I think you probably would have to change that model because, again, you're trying to almost overcompensate what you're offering the consumer to convince them to buy your box as opposed to the other box. And I get what you mean about it being about exclusives, but A, I always feel like they're very good at countering one another in that sense. But also, I just don't think that's as big as it once was. Like, I feel you rarely, rarely get a super massive... I mean, God of War would be one, and obviously Spider-Man would be one, and Halo would be one. I'm not saying they don't exist, but they just not, it does not feel as rampant as it did when I was growing up with games. Like that, that felt yeah. that, was, that was everything. That was everything from both companies. It's like, well, you don't want that crappy thing because you can't play this. And they GTA was exclusive on, on PlayStation. Right? You remember that? I mean, yeah, and that, that's what I'm talking about. And people, I'm, I know that there are examples out there, but. You know, that now it feels like we kind of get that we're on parity with each other, but it's how we're going to package this up and sell it to you, which is where we're hoping we'll win you over. I think they're going in different... I don't think... Firstly, I would say, like, when I say um, exclusives, for me, like, I would never, ever be able to just buy 
a just just a Microsoft console. So for me, I would need a PlayStation because I want to play Naughty Dog games. I love them. Uncharted, Last of Us, right? So I I need that. So I need to buy that. I I'm Horizon, yeah. which has just now come on the PC. Uh, all these exclusive. I think I think Sony are doing better in, in that in that market in terms of delivering these games that take six, seven years to make and come out and are absolute masterpieces, right? I have to play those. But um, I, I I think with Microsoft, I don't actually, I think what they're going to do, if they do do that, I think it'll work, but I don't think it'll be very good for video games. And I know that might, uh, and for us as consumers, and that might come across as a bit weird thinking, how can that be if it's such a good deal? It is a really good deal, right? It is amazing. And this thing that they're doing uh, where, you know, like for example, Halo, you can play Halo, you can get that same copy and you can play it on the Series X or right down to the original <laughs> Xbox One, right? You can play it. But where does that put the focus? It puts the focus on frame rates and graphics, right? So, but fundamentally, if you're going to do that, it doesn't matter what they say about we're creating for the Series X. If you you can't, you have to create for the lowest common denominator, right? Which is which is the, the, the weakest machine possible. So your entire physics, you know, physics world, everything to do with that game is is on Xbox One X, and uh, sorry, yeah, Xbox One X, and then you go okay. Series X will add ray tracing and we'll add this, we'll add that. But <laughs> I mean, which which game would you uh, prefer, um, mate? Would you prefer the Halo game that was just shown the other day, which looked like ass? Um, but even if you say it looked amazing because it took all the graphics and stuff like that, would you prefer that or would you prefer Ratchet and Clank? Sounds really weird, but for me, Ratchet and Clank, in terms of when I saw that, I went wow, and and I think pushing forward games as a, as a genre audio, the difference between the first Last of Us and the second Last of Us, right? It, the second Last of Us wasn't just the Last of Us, but looking prettier. The, 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 the immersion in the game, right? The depth of detail in the game was on another level. Um, and I, I don't see how you can create amazing experiences if you're focused on the lowest common denominator, which was a whole generation ago. I'm with you. Like, I, I like pretty visuals and I enjoy all the ray tracing. Still don't know what it means. Uh, you know, I enjoy all that kind of technological stuff. But what I am looking for, especially in 2020, are experiences that challenge me and, you know, that aren't the same that I have been playing for 20 or so years. And I, I don't want those. I, every time I say that, people think I'm saying I want those things to go away. Not true. One of my favorite games of recent times is Doom. You know, the, the revamp of Doom, which is the dumbest Ooh. old school game ever. I just like how stupid it is. But what I, yeah, it's all, of course, you have to advance when it comes to frame rates and, and, and all that kind of nonsense because it's just, it's always been where the industry has, has almost sort of built its foundations. But I need more than that. And I want things that I can jump into that surprise me, which is why The Last of Us 2, as controversial as it is right now, is a great example of that because it's, all, it's not really a game. It's like you're playing it, but it's got its own rules. If you don't like it, tough. We're going to make you do it anyway. And they're the kind of things I walk away from. It makes me think. Like when I was done with The Last of Us 2, I was like, I don't think I enjoyed that. But I also don't think I was meant to enjoy it. I don't think yeah. it Why I don't is it think controversial? It was... Why is oh, it... Well, it's controversial because people feel like they 
completely evaporated what they did in the first game because they spoiler I get, I just said spoiler, spoiler I'm gonna give people five seconds to turn off because they killed Joel they think that was a horrific thing to do and for some reason and I don't understand this and I've made videos about it they they think Abby is an unrealistic character because she got jacked in a oh uh, yeah and, and the a... zombies assisting on absolutely nothing in basements for 20 years now that's oh, that's just... that's believable but a, a woman couldn't possibly be muscly oh it's broken my immersion I know. Oh, it, come on. Like, it's so stupid. Like, how, why, why have we been able to accept uh, Marcus Phoenix, Kratos, any person from the Street Fighter franchise which, who have unrealistic physiques? We've never questioned it. But then we do it to a female. This has ruined my immersion. It's like, dude, you're an idiot. You need to go and look at yourself in the mirror. But I mean, games are supposed to. I thought it was brave. Like, games, entertainment is supposed to make you feel art and entertainment is supposed to make you feel something and like if you if you're sad and feel enraged that 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 Joel's gone then it, it's done its job like i i i was Spot really 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 angry and it wanted me to be really really angry like i was so angry right that i never i never fully forgave Abby, like I, I didn't enjoy playing as her because I was still so mad at her. But like, that's great. That's yeah. amazing. Like that's what a thing to be able to say. Like when else have you felt that way playing a game? Uh, yeah, another Last of Us, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like that's. I mean, look, I don't think it was a. I, I, I have uh, issues with the story pacing and and stuff like that and things. But I mean, to be mad at Joel going, I mean, it, it was horrific. It was supposed to make you feel sad, so they did the job. No, dude, I, I'm with you, and I, it, it comes down to uh, the thing I always go back to is Mass Effect Three. And the ending to the Mass Effect games, which caused such a huge uproar that Bioware felt the need to release DLC changing the ending. And I was like, the best thing ever is the fact that we all hate this ending. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. But, you know, the point being in that sense that, you know, you, 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 it's only one person or, you know, a few people's responsibility to figure out how to end that story. And the fact that we were so engaged with it to begin with and that the person making it decided to go in such a radical different direction, I think that's almost better than giving us the boring stereotypical and then everybody danced around and they were happy. Like, I loved how much uh, discussion that caused, but unfortunately it was the, the negative Nancys who are always the loudest that managed to utterly derail that conversation and that sucked. I like it when, you know, because you, it's like Game of Thrones, it's like anything like that. People are going to tell a story and you either like it or you don't like it. And that's it. That's it. Yeah, I think I think with games it gets muddied, doesn't it? Because it, games are a uh, a combination, uh, inseparable combination of story and gameplay mechanics, right? Like, and when they get it right, like it's wonderful. Um, and then sometimes people can enjoy the game, but not like not like the story, and then they get really upset about it, <laughs> or they can not not like the I like with The Last of Us. For me, it was a, gr a great game. Um, but for me, like the journey it took me on, whether I fully agreed with the pacing or not, was still amazing. I could see what they were trying to do. Um, but I think that's sometimes that happens with games, right? Where the, uh, the, the, the whereas a movie is just a straight story. You can go in, you go in for the story. If you don't like it, then it's a really bad thing because you hated the story. Whereas like a game is a really and, and because you're actually controlling the characters, I think it gets people on a different level of uh, if, if they don't agree with the, the direction of the character. I think it gets people on a deeper level. <laughs> they get really annoyed.
like the Mass Effect thing. I mean, if you followed that journey for so long. Exactly. Yeah, you feel more invested. And obviously, like you say, you've, you've put more time into it. But It that, is like, what it is. It's a piece yeah. of art. And that's right. I, I, and you just you just have to accept that's the direction they decided to go. And if you don't like it, that's almost even better. And it's not yours. It's not yours. Yeah, it's theirs. That's it. That's, that's, it. that's the point. <laughs> it's and that's, not yours. But that's why I think The Last of Us is so standout too, because again, it makes you do things that you don't want to do. It almost shines a light. It's almost like Bioshock in a way. It shines the light on how subservient we are when we're playing through those things. And most of the time, you know, games will cater to its audience, whereas you get these couple of titles that come along and it's like, no, I'm not doing that. You know, you, when you are Joel, you are Joel. And, you know, if, and if Joel, obviously, you know, this doesn't happen, but if Joel, you know, doesn't have a good relationship with his mother, we will not talk to <laughs> him. You know, we, we, you won't do it. You may want to yeah. do it, but we're not going to but, do it because we know who this person is. But then that immerses you because there is no uh, ludo-narrative dissonance in The Last of Us, is there? Because, like, fucking, oh, oh, I just swore. Sorry. <laughs> You're allowed uh, to swear, flipping, man. It's all good. Uh, flipping, um, you know, Ellie and you are really angry. So, like, even though you're doing these disgusting things, like, and, and, and they do feel, like, wrong, like, you also, like, want to do them at the same time. And at least you can understand, you can understand why she's doing it. So angry. So I, I love that about that. There was, I was totally immersed in that game. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I think it's uh, I think it's one of those games that even if I hadn't enjoyed it, I would still be able to respect, which is how I feel about Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> like, I think Red, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a masterpiece, but it's just a masterpiece that isn't for me because the survival mechanics are too much. Uh, just It's not a game mechanic that I, I, I get on with very well, but it needs it for that world it's created. And if you look, if you want to be a cowboy... If you want to go live your life as a cowboy, you can do it forever <laughs> in Red Dead Redemption 2. It is incredible the amount of effort that has gone into that. If thing. you want to see horses' testicles shrink yeah. in the freezing cold, then that is the game for you. Do you know what I mean? And that's and I think sometimes people they don't understand. I'm not saying they don't understand. That's too unfair. But they equate their, uh, you know, this isn't for me with this is a bad game. It's like, no, 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 no. Nobody can say that Red Dead Redemption is a bad video game. It is, it's not even an opinion. <laughs> in terms of the experience they tried to create, it is perfect. It just may not be for you. And that's how I feel about the story as well. You know, I get that if it's disappointing, it is going to take you out of it. Because, of course, you know, sometimes if the destination is really bad, the journey is ruined. But we have to have those kind of a things. I mean, look at Halo 2, right? Halo 2's got the worst ending ever. It's like, it just ends. It just finishes. But that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to set you up for round three. I just want to say, actually, on that, Red Dead was so clever in how it handled that, um, that dissonance as well. Because, like, if you, um, if you go around doing really bad stuff that isn't part of his character, did you notice that like, if you walk around the camp, there's just a lady sat there, and you can sit down and talk to her, and he says things like, I'm just not me anymore. I'm doing horrible <laughs> things. I've killed animals for no reason. I thought that was really clever. Uh, it, but it, it is clever because those guys are, they, they, they leave no stone unturned. They really, really, really don't. And um, it's why uh, I remember it was trending a few weeks ago, GTA 6. And the trend was that it's not going to come out for years. And people were still, 
They're they livid. <laughs> they were livid. They're not getting GTA 6 anytime soon. It's mental, soon. isn't it? It's skipped an entire generation. They make so much money out of on, online and just had no no need. No need yeah. to release and, and, it. And that's the thing. And that they are, this is why they you know, are able to have their own events and announce their own games whenever they want because they control their own narrative because they're that big and people are desperate for whatever they're going to do. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Rockstar. Not necessarily some of the ways they go about their business, but in terms of... Uh, their releases they're apps they're, they're almost infallible to a point like it's rare you get a bad rockstar game what do you what do you feel about the just going back to what how do you feel about the two kind of like ways that sony and playstation uh sony playstation and microsoft are going about this generation with one like playstation does seem to be like it's the next generation these games will only work on the on this console and then with microsoft saying you know oh it'll it'll work across generations and things like that. what do you think that does for games like do you, do you think do you think one strategy is better than the other or i think i i do think it's good that they are operating in different ways because i think there was a time there where it was basically flip a coin and buy a console and again aside from the odd few games that are in there what is actually the difference between these two boxes the, apart the from last generation the last generation was just identical basically yeah it? it was PC, like little small pcs yeah, it was like, what logo do you like, and do you want to play Spider Man? I mean, that was pretty much, pretty much the differences. Whereas now, yeah, it's a strange in, it's a change in marketing, it's a change in approach, it's a change in tact. I have always appreciated that Microsoft has tried to push video games forward. Like you know, mm. when they did, when they did always announce the Xbox One stuff where you could loan a game to a friend and you could share all this stuff digitally, I was on board with it. I thought, okay, yeah, excellent. Let's grab the the bull by the horns and and ride forward. Obviously, the industry wasn't ready for it, and more power to them for you know changing it up i do think that was the death knell for that console because when it came out it just felt like a mess because i believe they tried to change it to such a significant degree but they still listened to their audience so really it's one of those things that i need to see out in the wild if somebody said to me right now you could only buy one console i don't actually know which one i would go for because there's no i mean i'd probably get an xbox but only because i'm a massive mark for gears of war yeah like, but you, you know, could play gears of war you can you could play it on uh on a PC, or probably true. at some point on XCloud, well, uh, true. Yeah, which yeah. will probably get bundled in with a TV or something at some point. That, well, I, I guess that's the kind of information I need to know, right? How how do I go about this if I don't actually have a physical Xbox? I, I can't see any reason if you're a gamer like that you would need to buy. What? Why would I need to buy an Xbox? I have no need. Like I can, I need to buy a PlayStation if I want to play these games. I don't need to buy a, uh, an Xbox, and, and and I don't think they they really care about that either. It's like I think they try to avoid kind of like to go into wrestling a bit, like the WWE problem, right? So WWE for so long tried to get this wider market, right, to and and to the detriment of their their product for their hardcore fans. And what they're finding now is they've been looking over there for so long. And yes, they might be making great profits, but anyone who sees that product can see it's on the way down. It just depends on how many years it's going to take, right? Because they're just bleeding their hardcore fan base. And they the mistake they made with the Xbox was they totally, they did the same thing. They totally ignored their hardcore fans and were like, oh, you're here now. We've got you. So yeah, you're in the you're in the keep net. So now we're just going to look at all these uh, TV people and stuff like that. We're going to try and get these guys. And actually what they realized is, which WWE are realizing is, you, you need the hardcores, uh, you need to keep them on board, and while also 
pushing forward in other areas to get other people. And I think that's literally what they've done with the Xbox in the sense that they've made it the most powerful console or whatever, right? And they'll be able to say 120 frames per second or this many frames per second, which will hopefully keep the hardcores interested. But then also, if you are just a guy who wants to play Gears uh, on the on the bus on the way to work, as long as you've got 5, 5G or whatever, then you get, you get that too. But I mean... That's the only way I can see them holding on to certain hardcore gamers is by pushing this power thing. But if it doesn't actually translate into into the games, if they're held back uh, by the fact that they have to be on so many different platforms, then they're, they're going to have a problem. So I'm really interested to see see whether there's a backlash or whether whether they can make it work, keep up, keep those two camps happy. But because for right now, as a gamer. Uh, I can't see any reason to to blast 500 uh, on a on a on an Xbox because I can play all their exclusives somewhere else. I think uh, accessibility will be a big one. Some people just enjoy you know sitting there and not having to fiddle around with anything else. You know they may not want to they may not want to embrace this kind of new direction they're going in. But otherwise. I suppose I, I they're think... selling a service, aren't they? They're not selling yeah. a console. I just thought of a reason, actually, just right there and then. I could be playing Gears, kind of like the Switch, I guess, in a way, but not, but with really good graphics. So I could be sat here playing Gears and then think, oh, I've got to go around my mates and just instantly switch to my Android phone, right, and 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 play it on there while I'm on the move on the on the train or something like that. Same game, seamless. That hmm. that would be amazing. I think what Xbox wants to do is that they want to basically infiltrate as many areas of your life as possible. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's not just when you're sat down. You can do it here. You can do it there. Much like Nintendo have done. But obviously, Nintendo operate in their own plane. But I don't know how that's going to go. I have absolutely, absolutely no idea. But I do find myself more enthralled by what both companies are doing than maybe I have done for a while. Yeah, but ultimately, I still think... You know, you mentioned the uh, the hardcore fans will make their choice, but the casual fans, I think, will they won't even know about half of these things. They will look at the game lineups and they will say, "I want to play this. How do I play this? I play it on that. I'll go out and buy that console." Or they'll just decide which thing they'd rather play FIFA on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. usually, you know, or what you know, what what, what are my mates going to buy? Because I want to play Call of Duty. I mean, um, you know, Call of Duty has found a new lease of life by. Uh, jumping on Warzone, you know the amount of people playing that now is absolutely crazy. But, and so go on. Man. Yeah, but but if you can do going back, like I said, selling a service. So you're thinking we think about it in traditional terms, but like if it was you're a uni student or whatever, uh, maybe you've got like, not got that much money or whatever. So do you want to splash out five hundred or thirty thirty quid a month, and you can get the Xbox and then on your existing Android phone you can play it like the entire service. For just thirty dollars a month, that that could be quite intriguing for people, and it's yeah, no, no longer no longer the same thing. You're not comparing a console to another console. You're actually you're actually comparing a, an entire service. Yeah, you're console. right, but you you need to get that through to the more casual dude. I think that's the main thing. If they can do that, I actually think it could be pretty it could be pretty impressive. And again, my big thing is give me new experiences and let's move this industry forward. And I actually think Microsoft may be in a better position to do that. Whereas I actually think Sony. Again, though, Sony have the fan base and they want to sort of wrap them up in cotton wool, which I also think is a smart idea because we've seen what happens if you don't do that. So they're both in very interesting positions and then Nintendo will do. I mean, once again, Nintendo haven't released a game now, I think, since 1482. And they won't, <laughs> they won't bother releasing any games anytime soon because they're a strange company. 
Ho- hopefully they'll both. Uh, what I'm hoping is that they'll both do well. Because, uh, like I said, I think they're in slightly different um, spheres at the moment. And if yeah. Microsoft push it further, you know, you could get a point where Sony are killing the console sales, making loads of money, selling loads of consoles, but Microsoft's also selling loads of subscriptions, <laughs> so, and making loads of money, and they're, they're both doing well. But in, because in that in that sense, I do think that. Microsoft's more forward-facing. They don't have to win this generation. They just have to make money because the next generation, they've already got a huge foothold in, in things that are going to be more important 10 years down the line. Sony are lagging hugely like in, in that sort of sphere, like PS Now and things like that. They're really behind Microsoft in terms of an ecosystem to, to, to give to people. Yeah, and they always were. They always were too. You know, Xbox embraced it with Xbox Live and then... I remember the original uh, PlayStation Network. It was rubbish. <laughs> it was absolutely Ter- rubbish. terrible. Xbox yeah. Live was where it was at. I remember, yeah. I remember when that first came out. It was a game changer. They, I mean, you know, Microsoft for good or bad stuff that they've done. I mean, they they did revolutionise console gaming when they brought that Xbox out. Oh yeah, the there, 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 there's no two ways about it. They were massively. Without them, who knows where we would be in many in many walks and uh, look i like the competition i like what they're both doing dude before we wrap up man i've got to ask you this uh, given the conversation we just had and i'm sure you won't just have one answer but best game of all time or favorite game of all time oh oh goodness me uh i'm gonna say it. um the first last of us yeah, the last Wow, two. dude. See, I kind of get it. I remember when I played that game, it had such an impression on me. It went straight into my top, at least my top eight games of all time, maybe top five. I'd have I, to think about it. I think it's a bit, um, I, not to get, I don't want to get too emotional. It's a bit skewed for me because I'd just like uh, a few years before lost my dad. And then it was oh, this, this yeah. game, this game about, in some ways about fatherhood. Right? And about loss and, too. Uh, loss and love. And, uh, God, that scene, that scene when, um, it's a spoiler for a game that's seven, eight, ten years old, whatever, but like where he leaves her and says, you know, no, you're going to go. I don't, I don't need you. I'm not, you, you know, I'm not there for you. And then he can't, he goes back and she says, I'll be afraid without you or whatever. And he goes back and takes her. I mean, man, I was in tears nearly. I was like, wow, what, what a scene. And then the whole game, like, yeah, just dragged me in. I loved it. No, dude, I'm with you, man. Like, um, that opening to that game is up there. It's all time for games taking uh, risks, you know, knowing the story that they wanted to tell, you know, all of it. Just absolutely, I think as much as I like the Uncharted games, I think it's when I played The Last of Us when I truly realized that Naughty Dog were going to be very important to video games. And I still think that. I think that they, they, they don't do things by numbers. And that's what I want. I don't want people doing things by numbers. I want to be shocked. I want to be taken on rides and I want to be surprised. And they do that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like the little things they think of, like the, the t- so tiny, but change the game completely. Like, for example, having the characters all have names. I mean, wow. I mean, that that changed the game for me in a way because when I killed someone and then someone else shouted out like Dave, no, <laughs> I was like, Cut, man, I just I just killed her boyfriend. Like, yeah, was, they're amazing for me. 
uh, Naughty Dog are, are up there. Hopefully they won't fall apart on their own hubris because I think a little bit, a little bit of what The Last of Us 2, the pacing issues and stuff like that, is that they try to be a bit too clever. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's where The Last of Us was amazing because no one had any expectations and it just came out and was an absolute beast of a game. So. Mm. No, I agree. And I think you don't want to Kojima yourself, right? Yes, like, exactly. That, yeah, <laughs> that's that, that, is that a term now? Well, it is now. I, to Kojima uh, but it's true yeah. though, right? Kojima is a genius. <laughs> there's no there's no two ways about it, but he decided that he knew better than the entire industry. <laughs> so he just He's he just, got let he's got let he was actually in a way sort of constrained a little bit by Konami. As soon as he left, it was like a toddler being like let out of the house, right? In the first day of summer. He's absolutely Kojima'd himself. I love that. No, it's true. And and that's you don't want you don't you don't want Naughty Dog to forget they're making games, right? And, and Kojima forgot. Yeah. Kojima <laughs> forgot that he was making games. So he like just that, made a game about walking. I mean, honestly, I don't know what that. I, I don't know what that last thing was. I honestly, don't, I don't know what it was. I, if somebody said to, Sorry. if somebody said to me right now, Miller, I give you a million pounds to explain that, I'd be like, I can't. I don't. I, I can't. There's it's a, a physical baby impossible. in a bottle, and uh, you walk a lot, and then yeah, what is going on? Whenever I see anything to do with that, I'm like, I haven't touched it because I'm afraid of it. What is it even? I don't even know. I know. I know. Like, oh, I don't know. He's a strange guy. I don't think Naughty Dog do will, will do that because I don't think they're led as strongly as Kojima. Obviously, leads his his groups. But what do what do you want next? Do you want more Last of Us, or do you want Uncharted, or do you want something new? Uh, probably what, what, what I'm waiting for is, uh, the next Grand Theft Auto. Cause I, I oh, think really? that, yeah, because for, for me, like in terms of when we're saying, um, want something new and I, I know it's not new because it's, uh, well, we just want the same as before, but whenever they, whenever Rockstar release a game, they, they, they change the rules, right? Like if you look at what they were capable of doing on the PlayStation 3 with GTA 5, like, and, you know, three characters, the, the way you panned out and then zoomed in on someone else. I mean, no one had ever seen anything like that in that, in that way. Yeah. So like for me, yes, it would be the same, 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 but it wouldn't be as well because they will do something extraordinary with the open world. They'll change, they'll change it again, right? And I'm yeah. just looking forward to see, see them what they're capable of when they've had 10 12 years at some point like to to lovingly create this game so yeah dude i can't argue with that at all and on that note we'll bring this to the end genuinely awesome conversation my friend i appreciate your time a lot yeah no worries man and you you make sure that you don't kajima yourself as well stay stay wow. humble simon I can't. I mean, I, I, I don't think I ever. I don't think I ever will do. But maybe he thought that too. You know, that's it's like a chick- bad day. That's oh, I try. Day. Oh, good. I'm Kojima, glad. Don't yourself. <laughs> oh, you got to right. use it as a verb, man. Use it as a verb. Absolutely. That's, I'm going to remember. I'm going to get that tied on me somewhere. You need to always remember. Don't kajima yourself. Kajima yourself. Don't yeah. get too caught up. Don't kajima no. yourself. Because as easy as it comes, it's as easy as it goes. It's that. Stay simple. grounded. Stay grounded. <laughs> Otherwise, you make games about oil babies. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> what is that thing? I played it for like seven hours. What the fuck was I doing? Uh, right. On that note, we're going to wrap up. Berinda, thank you so much again. And again, if anybody out there wants to come on the podcast, you can. Make sure you could me yourself at patreon.com forward slash simonmiller316. Come say hello at Simon316 on Instagram and Twitter. I've got a YouTube channel, Simon Miller. Live podcast at twitch.tv forward slash Simon316. If you're listening to this on Friday, make sure you have good weekends. Stay out of that sun and I'll talk to you all again very soon.